Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I'm your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we'll meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal, even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who, in this time of crisis, are offering their hearts and talents to us all. I'm very happy today to have as our guest, William Clanoditis. Uh, I don't know if I did that right, William. I tried and I came. I missed it. How do you pronounce it, William? Kaplanidis. Kaplanidis. I, I blew it. Okay. Well, thank you for, for change, helping me. Well, no a practitioner who offers something which I really want to find out about, AccuDragon Wellness System. Yes. So my first welcome. First of all, welcome. Glad to have you here, William. Yes. Nice to be here. Thank you. And my first question to you then is going to be, tell me about your AccuDragon wellness. I love the name, AccuDragon wellness system. <laughs> tell me what that is. Well, my journey of healing, both for myself and helping others, began as soon as I became an adult. As soon as I hit 18, I was already working in psychiatric hospitals, teaching Tai Chi and, and meditation and things like that. And... Um, over the years, I was trying to find ways, both from a Western perspective, primarily psychology and hypnotherapy, and an Eastern perspective, using martial arts, meditation, energy work. Um, a Native American perspective came on a little bit later to be part of it. And so I've had all these different modalities that I was using to both help myself and help others, uh, working in hospitals, working in with the homeless, working as a private practitioner. And I was getting tired of giving the list of everything I do when people <laughs> say, so, you know, so I actually have a, a long list of acupuncture, acupressure, um, Chinese herbs, uh, so the Sandlin technique, which is a whole system in and of itself, um, counseling, hypnotherapy, uh, aromatherapy, uh, uh, you name it, I had it. And so I was getting tired of it. So I thought, you know, people make up names, you know, they call their, you know, so-and-so method. I figured Kaplanidis method was not going to work because no one could pronounce my name. I was having trouble pronouncing <laughs> it out with the other people. <laughs> so I, I, I thought about some of the work I do is help people get in touch with their hearts, get in touch with their courage, their power. And I felt the dragon was a really good symbol. One, because I was given that name, Little Dragon, when I was in China. But the dragon is a symbol of different parts. So it has a snake body, eagle claw, deer antlers, and, and we're made of different parts. So you're Tom the husband, Tom the host, you know, and so forth. And so being able to get all of our parts to work together to heal or to just express who we are wholly and fully is part of my mission. So I thought the dragon was a nice symbol of that because it's also about power, transformation, healing, and then I threw in the acu because acupressure, acupuncture is my primary modality. And so basically it's East and West stuff fused together. That's wonderful. And I do get that. I, I get the acu and understand that you're talking about acupressure, acupuncture. And the dragon concept is wonderful because I related to it already before you said what you just did about it. The whole self, that makes wonderful sense. But the name it tells is just striking and very, very welcoming. So I think that's marvelous. 
Thank you. I do have one question before I usually let you just talk, but I have a question, which is, you said you got started by, you were 18 and working in a hospital. How, that's rather young. And where was that and how did that happen? Yeah, well, it's a few years before that, up to that point, I was um, going to be a nuclear physicist. My uncle um, was gearing me um, to be in the energy field or energy. He, he was a vice president of operations um, of a big energy supplier in the country. And so I was studying nuclear energy back when I was in junior high school. I was taking college Whoa. courses through a gifted youth program. And I had private tours of nuclear power plants. And I went to Princeton and looked at the nuclear fusion reactor. And so I was in that mode. And then when I was 16, I got hurt playing soccer. And I was born with loose ligaments. So I always was getting hurt. That was part of my journey. But right. that injury was life changing. And by 17, I was told I was never walking again. And that really put a halt and made me stop and reflect and see what my heart wanted to do. And, you know, how could I go forward if I couldn't do all the things that I loved anymore? And um, that got me into studying psychology. And then I, I began as a volunteer working in the psychiatric hospital. And I also worked as an athletic trainer assistant helping injured college athletes. And so I was trying, you know, not only to help myself, but to learn more about the extremes of physical disability and mental disability to see if I could become more um, knowledgeable in helping people because I was finding ways to help myself because the doctor said there was nothing more they can do. Um, yes, so well, that's, that's, uh, I find this often the case that are some of our most wonderful practitioners and healers come from situations where doctors have said there's nothing left to do and they yeah. then go out and find what they need. And it sounds yeah. like that's what you did. And you continue to do. <laughs> and continue to do. So you offer all these vast variety of Eastern and Western um, modalities. Yes. So what, um, what do most of your clients come for? You have a, um, yeah, so I, I, sort of, I sort of have a 50% um, doing healing work, 50% as a teacher. And so most of my clients will come uh, let's say they're coming to my private practice, they'll come for anything from different types of pain in the body um, to digestive or system problems, all the way to deeper emotional wounds that happened when they were a child that are now affecting them somehow as an adult. Maybe it's created certain patterns of choices that are not good for them or bad habits, or maybe they're having physical ailments that are connected to emotional wounds and they're not making the connection or doctors haven't been able to make, make that connection. And a lot of times, if you're not healing certain past wounds, it'll start to manifest in the body as a way to get your attention. So it's kind of like a younger inner child trying to heal. And you, you know, you're saying, excuse me, excuse me, yeah. you have to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, and, and there are different times in your life where it becomes strong. So like when you're turning 30, around 29, there's an astrological moment called Saturn return. Saturn where, returns, yes. Where it's, it brings it up to the surface. So you have a chance there to heal. If you don't do it then, then it's during your midlife crisis. And if you don't do it then, it's when you're entering senior years. You have one more chance in the winter season. <laughs> right. <laughs> or if you're fortunate, like I was fortunate, you meet somebody who is a healer herself. And she says, 
what she said to me is, have you ever considered take, eating some, some uh, vegetables? Right. And having said yes to that, I was off onto a whole new life of learning things, which went far away from vegetables and, right. and beyond and the spirit and all of that. Exactly. But that was so fortunate. My healer came to me. So Yeah, it's funny you said vegetables because I never ate a vegetable till I was an adult. And, and I was you know, one of those children. I, that's where I drew my line. I was like, nope, I'm not eating vegetables. Not <laughs> And then that same uncle who I mentioned was sort of my guide. He had a lot of intestinal cancers and a lot of surgeries and he ate, I was eating similarly to him. And I thought, oh, I need to change that. I can't follow his, his, his way of eating because that doesn't look like a good, good path. Exactly. Well, that's what I did not have the uh, insight to notice that that was the, what was happening to me, but my lo lovely wife or wife to be, noticed it and said you should change she didn't say it that way because i would have right. said no right but she, she invited me to consider the possibility and that's made all the difference and changing lifestyle too yeah so, for me it was tai chi i was i was i was sitting alone in my dorm room thinking about you know if i could only have one thing back out of all the athletics that i was participating in i thought it'd be martial arts and i knew i couldn't do it i couldn't even stand up without knee braces but I thought, okay, God, I need a sign, you know? And then I saw literally a sign for a Tai Chi class. And I went to the, I crutched over there. I was on crutches. I had a custom ankle brace, two knee braces, neck brace. And I got there, wow. these guys are going, hood, 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 hood. And I said, what's that? That's not Tai Chi. <laughs> and the guy <laughs> said, no, no one wants to learn that soft style. Anyway, long story short, he took me under his wing and started teaching me privately. And I could do it in the water. I found out if I went to a swimming pool I could practice and my knees weren't popping out and so the tai chi was sort of the link to that part of me that I lost from the from the injury and from my congenital problem and then from the tai chi I started meeting people who were more health conscious and then right. just expanded from there well and I noticed that you may have must have done a tremendous amount of healing because you were standing when we first met here uh, you are able to stand you are able to yes. do all that you need to do today Yes, and I, I have, luckily, I've taken a bunch of videos of me doing Tai Chi and Qigong, so I have proof that I can do it. Okay, so good. Some, some days are, you know, better than others, but... <laughs> yeah, well, that's true for all of us, particularly since we've come under this pandemic. Some days are a lot better and a lot worse some days. Speaking of yes. which, how has the pandemic affected you? I know that it has, and yes. uh, you personally, and then your clients and your business. Sure, sure. So personally, um, I, I had gotten COVID uh, last year in March. Um, I was pushing the envelope as far as working. Trying, I knew there would be a shutdown. So I was overworking and not really taking as much care of myself as I normally would have. Um, I didn't get all the symptoms, but in June, I did have a blood test showing that I had the um, antibodies. Yes. So that means I knew at that time when I wasn't feeling well, you know, I quarantined and made it hard because I'm the primary caretaker for my father who lives alone. So it was like a double whammy. He didn't get sick, but I right. couldn't go to help him because I had yes. to stay isolated. And so that was even harder emotionally on me because now, you know, he's needing some help. You know, I don't want him out there, but at the same time, I couldn't go. So that was mainly the primary personal way. And then for, because a lot of people depend on me 
as a practitioner, you know, they were missing coming into Manhattan, you know, to get my touch, to get the, the counseling, to get the therapy. And a lot of them, some of them I was able to do over the phone and via Zoom, but many of them just sort of got isolated in their own little pockets of the world where they lived. And um, they sort of got, you know, more isolated themselves um, and afraid to come out and things like that. And then I've been able to help people using Zoom, using, you know, telephone calls. Um, I've been doing a lot of classes to help people with um, meditation, Qigong and things like that, exercises. I've been doing more sessions over the phone. I've had patients from Germany, from the West Coast. It's, so on the one hand, it's been interesting that that part of my practice has expanded a little bit, but it's been very hard financially um, because I've been helping a few different people who have been hit hard trying to yes. support them. And my practice was my main financial income. You know, my teaching was, is more from my heart. It's not so much the moneymaker. Right, right. Well, it is. This time is very difficult for everybody on many, many, many levels. And what you're talking about is everything you said. You said something I was fascinated. You said touching, and you, your hands moved as though you were touching somebody. Because what you do is touch people, whether you are physically touching them in in present, or whether you're touching them on the phone or on the Zoom. How do you find it, by the way, in terms of Zoom, uh, touching people? That that would be energetically. Uh, yeah. how, how do you find it? Well, I've been lucky, lucky enough to have been trained by several teachers, um, both Chinese Qigong and also uh, Cherokee mystic, um, to be able to know how to touch people without touching them. <laughs> um, and I found that some of, a couple of my patients and clients, they've actually gone deeper via Zoom and via the phone, then when they're in person, they've allowed themselves to, to go deeper into their consciousness, um, which I found very interesting because in person, I think they were just more social perhaps, or a little more um, aware of their bodies and what was happening with their bodies that they weren't allowing themselves to go so deep into their consciousness. But I found some of them have gone even deeper through virtual. Yes, well, I have found that too. And interestingly enough, when talking to, we've had one of the things you say, the benefits of this time is we reach out to more people from different places and family members in my family are spread all over. And this is a time that we can uh, through Zoom get in. But I've also noticed that they have been more open and more present on the Zoom than I ever remember them being in, in person. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I imagine it's the Zoom combined with the situation we all find ourselves in. Yes, yes. And I think there's, this, I, I mean, I've had patients who come and part of the therapy is the goodbye hug, you know? Right. <laughs> and not, I don't hug everyone, but there are, you know, some people that that's part of the therapeutic process. And, you know, some of them have come back primarily to get their hug. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I do believe that when this is finished, if that's the right word, when we're past whatever this is, that I will look forward to the hugs very much. Yeah. I, that's one of the things I can say I miss and everyone I talk to seems to miss too. Yeah. Well, I have a technique. We, we are six feet apart. We take a deep breath. We hold it. We go in, we hug, 
we separate and we exhale. Excellent. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that. That's very good. So, in, and in the process, uh, you, your business has obviously taken a hit. Are yes. people, you're finding Big people time. that you're, you've been helping are having difficulty themselves with economics? Some have, yeah. Some of them lost their jobs. Um, but many of my people um, have been okay. They, they, they've just chosen to stay at their homes in New Jersey or Long Island or Connecticut or, you know, right. not come back into the city. Many of them are baby boomers who were, you know, about to retire and, and doing fine. Some of them are therapists and acupuncturists and, and some, some of them have actually gotten more business via Zoom. Um, but for the most part, most of them, you know, have either kept their job and are able to work at home, but now they're not leaving home. So they're not coming to my office. Right. right. Or, or they've lost their jobs and they're, and they're struggling on just making ends meet. And how do you feel about people not coming to your office? <sighs> it's a mixed bag, you know, right. um, because I feel like pri the primary reason for that is fear. And it's unfortunate that fear is used as a manipulator or as a control. Um, this is prior to the pandemic. This is just the way a lot of times um, authorities will use fear. Um, and I think there, there's, there's a level of balance that needs to happen in terms of taking care of yourself and um, not succumbing to the fear to the point where it hurts you. Right. Well, you mentioned something and something I read that you wrote, you said that there was a concern about this pandemic and how it was possibly causing manipul manipulating people to some degree. Yeah. How would you like to see it handled differently? <sighs> well, if you look at different states, just in this country, um, I guess it depends on so many factors, you know, like the weather, you know, like, for example, uh, Florida, there are some places in Florida where I, I saw they're handling it um, responsibly, meaning people are wearing masks when they're around other people. I went to a supermarket there and as soon as the person's done with the cart, they wipe it down with sanitizing, like the whole cart is wiped down, cleaned, and then put back into the shopping cart line. Right. Um, and I haven't seen much of that here. Maybe uh, Trader Joe's that had done it once when one of their uh, people got sick. Um, but I think, you know, and now we have this outdoor dining situation here in New York City, and those look like incubators for um, being sick. You know, they look like greenhouses. There's no air circulating no through there, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you have a whole bunch of people sitting in them. And I think all that's doing is taking away parking spaces, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people have to be slightly uncomfortable freezing while they're eating. But I would say um, we have technology. So for example, in my office, I use an air purifier that is very strong in ozone as an option and UV rays and so forth. So there are ways that you can clean the air in a closed surface. So if you were to do that on planes, if you were to do that in restaurants, it could go through air conditioning systems and purify the air in a way that it would be a lot safer than sitting outside in a plastic bubble, for example. So right. I, think, I think, you know, we get caught up on one or two things and we, we forget about all these other 
things that we can do. Obviously, washing hands. You don't want to sneeze and cough on somebody. You didn't want to do that before. I've always washed my hands because I worked in hospitals. We have classes on that. You know, <laughs> about that from the beginning. Yeah, and I've had, you know, I, I have patients who are OCD, so they were way ahead of the curve before right. this happened. <laughs> and there、so. was a time when I remember in Manhattan walking around and thinking, "Was this strange?" Look, ten, fifteen years ago. Mostly Oriental people wearing masks. Masks, yeah. Now, yeah, and,、um, and now it's. Yeah, it's and I remember people would make fun of them when、yes. they saw Asian people wearing masks. But back in some of those countries, the pollution is so bad; it's hard to breathe. Yeah. So,、um, and that's the other part of it. You know, I there's been a history with these viruses that get leaked out of bio labs and.、Um, You know, there's just a lot of stuff that we're not made aware of, and that was the part I was talking about in terms、oh, of manipulation.、Right. And and I believe in vaccines, but I also believe that big pharma sometimes has agendas that are, you know, maybe not always in the best interest of certain peoples, if you will. Yes. Well, no, that has been shown to be accurate. You know, that has there、yeah. have been issues, and it's、so、taken just, careful. Careful understanding and and research into what was being offered. It's like today.、Uh, this we're getting a little bit of personal opinions, but、uh, the amount of stuff that is offered as panacea. Take this pill.、Right. What are you taking into your system? Right. And the vaccine right now seems to be necessary to help us all. Right. But it is something to be careful about. I agree. And、yeah. watch what we're being offered. Yeah, and I just think, on the one hand, you know, most cultures knew it's better to stay small, eat locally, you know, eat by the season, you know, and and I think the pandemic is sort of pushing that on us again, you know, to sort of stay local, <laughs> you know, and, and support each other. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds like one of the things you would like to see continued once the quote pandemic is passed. Yeah, on some level, I think it, there's some something good to that. But living with with nature and not against nature, I think is is really the key. You know, well, like you said about medications, you know, sometimes you need medications, obviously, to you know support a system in your body that's no longer functioning or able to function. But a medication substitutes for your body. So、yes. if you can take a food. A concentrated herb or a food or something like that that will support your body to begin to function better, where the where your body recognizes it as a source of nutrition, as a source of of healing. You know, to me, I think that would be the first step. Right. Know, because that's the happens, healing step. That's the step that says, "Here, this is good for you." Like you're eating good food, healthy right. food. Right. And, and depending on who you are and what your type is and so forth, you're.、Yeah. You know, might be a different food for you than someone else, but, but I think it's worth exploring. Trying to get to the the, the issue, which is healing, not covering, not、right. to say this stops the symptoms and now go away. This、right. heals the body, or the body can heal using this self ammunition,、exactly. if you will. Exactly, and that's been my premise: is to help people heal themselves and to be、right. as independent as possible. That's a wonderful premise. Wonderful. Well, amazingly, what's happening here is we've had a wonderful—I've had a wonderful time. I hope you have, as、yes. we've talked away some of this wonderful information that you have to offer. I would like you to let us know if somebody else who's enjoying this conversation would like to get in touch with you, would like to either ask questions or come visit you. 
how can that, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Sure. So the, I would think uh, email would probably be the best way. And it would be my first name, William, W-I-L-L-I-A-M, at A-C-U-Dragon.us, like United States. A-U-Dragon. That's one of my favorite words now. Oh, one, one more thing. The reason why I chose that name is it starts with an A. And I thought if people were searching things, <laughs> AC would come up before even AM. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're quite right. Well, that's, you're, you're, you're not only a healthy person and a doctor who helps people, but you're a wonderful marketer with that. It's, a uh, it's been a long time that I've been trying to work on that. I have people helping me. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, I thank you, William, for being my guest. This has been delightful. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. And it's been thank a pleasure. You. I thank our audience for listening and do let us know what you think of the show. Thank you. All and right. we're going to say goodbye now. <laughs>